and for all time. So glad you're my well, we met, um, I want to say a year or two before becoming close. Um, we were both collaborating on an artistic project together. And it was one of those moments that I think a lot of a lot of artists have where, you know, you see somebody of a similar perspective, you know, you, you start to um, develop a relationship through seeing the world in a similar way or mm. seeing your craft in a similar way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, my life at the time was was very busy. I feel like looking back, I can see that I was maybe out running some things, um, but I had, I had many plates spinning, um, both when we met and when we became close. Was there anything else that made you feel the relationship became special or that what brought you to then close? Yeah, um, you know, I think it was also as we were seeing each other um, artistically, emotionally, um, I think that became kind of the foundation of the friendship because both of us were, had, had very much experienced the feeling of not being seen in that way. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. And I think to feel appreciated and lifted up and supported, you know, our relationship was very, um, very quickly, we, we kind of lost all pretense, you know, and we would meet each other for coffee with no makeup on and, you know, which um, is less unusual for me now than it was then. Mm -hmm. um, and it just became a really safe and supportive space uh, really quickly, mm. you know. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, and how did you see yourself within the friendship, would you say? That's a really interesting question because I think I, I saw myself as someone whose job it was to support and uphold um, this, this friendship and this person. And I don't think that that was wrong. I think that I over-identified with that role. Mm. And yeah, but I also saw myself as a confidant. I also saw myself as, you know, mm -hmm. as, as um, special in the way that we connected and, and loved and valued. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say, when you say you felt you needed to uphold them, what, what does that mean to you? Or what did that look like? I ended up putting that relationship and my role in it above my relationship to myself. Mm. And so <laughs> you're like taking us, taking us to a sacred place. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and it, it felt like a, a real, um, I don't want to say, you know, a, a task or a responsibility because I, mm. I, there was so much love and there was so much compassion. Um, but I think I did not know how to keep my feet on the ground and make sure that my own needs were met. Mm. And that that's a big, a big lesson that came out of all of it for me. I love that you're saying that because I, I would say that has played a role in a lot of my friendships uh, mm -hmm. in the past. So yeah, yeah. Ooh, thank you. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. I'm going there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How did the friendship then start to take a turn where you were like, oh, this is the start of the of the end? You know, I, I think it, it was a moment where the friendship really changed. So, you know, we, we are still we're still in contact. We're still friendly. Oh, good. Um, OK, but it's it's a it was a big shift for sure. Um, you know, this person started to there was a, a relationship that they were in in which they were being mistreated. Mm -hmm. And I I had difficulty sort of um, not feeling like it was my responsibility to solve that problem for them. It, it was triggering for me based on some of the things that I had been through in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and I got, I got lost, you know, I think I got lost. I felt like I didn't want to take up too much space in a situation where they were needing so much. Mm -hmm. um, and, and rightfully, I mean, we were both going through a lot, you know, and I, I think sort of uh, didn't speak up. I didn't, I didn't speak up about what I was going through, how I was feeling and didn't recognize that what I was going through also needed my full attention and that mm. splitting my attention between my own needs and this other person's needs was not giving either of us adequate partnership through a really difficult time. Mm. I'm so thoughtful. I'm just, I'm, I'm taking that all in. That's, mm. yeah, that's, I don't think that's uncommon. I think, I mean, you're yeah. like, I feel like you're telling my story in, mm. in a particular relationship that, that is, unfortunately not with me in the world anymore. Yeah. So then how did the break, how did the break finally happen? Yeah, I, I was honest, you know, and I, uh. I wish that I had the skills that I've learned from this, right? Like we always wish that, you know, the thing that yeah. taught us the lesson is not the thing that taught us the lesson and that we had learned it before, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I sort of hit a breaking point where, you know, I, I was in a lot of therapy at the time and mm. had a therapist tell me that, you know, rightfully that the way that I was behaving and the way that I was showing up in this relationship was unkind. You know, I was putting a lot of pressure on this person mm. without realizing it to take care of my feelings even though it's, it's kind of paradoxical, right? Because right. I was like not asking for room, but by not asking for room, I wasn't taking care of myself and therefore was projecting a lot of my own stuff onto this relationship, which is unfair and unkind, especially when somebody else is going through something so huge. I, I give a, I give a holler out to your therapist, I know. you know, I just do if, <laughs> yeah. you know, the therapist would ever listen to this. I say, thank you. Because I just love that perspective because yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you, how did you get the courage to finally yeah. tell your truth? And it's, it's, how do you change the perspective that this is loving and yeah. it was, and it, it was, was loving and it, it was, was loving. It felt that way, but it also, it was not the kind of love that, that comes without strings you know, Ugh, felt right. It's not truthful heavy. because, because I yeah. have, there's some expectations that come with, with yeah. this love I'm giving you. Yes. Yeah. And so, 
you know, I think for me, the light bulb was like, oh, this is unkind. This is not me being a victim of the situation. This is me participating in a way that doesn't align with who I want to be. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of ripped the bandaid off and I, I shared a lot of my experiences and thoughts and feelings and trauma responses and um, mm -hmm. did not do it particularly tactfully. Um, but did the best I could at the time, right, you know, right, right. and, you know, and, and she sort of turned around and said, uh, I need, I need some space. I need some time. And it was, you know, a, a month or two before I heard from her again. Mm -hmm. Um, and along with the, I need space and time was, I love you. Please take care of yourself. Okay. So that's, so it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't all like, see, I wouldn't want to be a, I need time. No, no, no. Okay. No, it was, it was, it was tender and it was, mm. it was careful and it was caring. Mm. And it also was devastating. Yeah. Um, perhaps even more so because I never, I, I wouldn't allow myself to make her the bad guy or to make me the bad guy. You know, I think like mm -hmm. when I try to kind of understand the story of this in my brain, it's just complicated. You know, yeah. there's no, if, if she had dropped me without care, my brain would have had an easier time writing a story that is, you know, I, that, that villainizes her in some way. Right. And right. Right. because she is the person that I, loved and cared for so much she wouldn't she didn't do it that way mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um we both just sort of needed our own time to heal and and I you know I, I think because our relationship had been so close it was very difficult that I didn't have you know more support from her directly as I was kind of making sense of all of this and healing from all of this you know and I I I might do it differently if I were in her shoes, but I also see how much we both were dealing with at the time, how much growth we both had to do. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I'm just taking it all in because it's <laughs> so intricate. And that's, I mean, that this really is the reason why I wanted to create this podcast is to talk about it. It's yeah. not black and white. It's not, and even if she had said something like, I'm done, I mean, there's, how do we avoid the villainizing right, of the person? Right. And, and because if, as soon as we villainize the other person, we don't have responsibility in the <laughs> dynamic of why did we choose this person to become close to and, yeah, yeah. Um, and really ask questions that help us develop and expand as expand our hearts, yeah. which I think is all, which is all I want to do these days. <laughs> Just how can I expand my heart, you know? <laughs> so, just just beautiful and so brave and wise all that you've <laughs> just said and unpacked for us thank you mm -hmm. and then how did well like what happened next and how did it, it was devastating what mm -hmm. did you do during those two months mm. um well the first week i didn't leave my room <laughs> mm. um you know it was as I wasn't able to categorize it as a breakup because it was a friend, you know? Mm. And so it was a really difficult time trying to make sense of how intense I was feeling when, you know, and, and I think 
learned later that there had been some romantic feelings on my side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was not able to identify that for a while after the fact. Yeah, I fell apart, you know, and I allowed myself to fall apart. And I was fortunate in that I had support from, you know, from other close people in my life and also from my, you know, my circumstances at the time, you know, I, I was able to go into work and, and not be, and accept the fact that I was not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And accepting the fact that we are not okay. Yeah. And that's huge. Kind of surrender to that. And, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of it really like, you know, I remember deleting my whole Instagram feed. You know, I remember like having moments of, of feeling like I need to completely start over. I need like a deep refresh <sighs> because of all of, not, I mean, the relationship and the learning felt so tied to this conversation about who is responsible for whose feelings um, mm. and what mm. I had been avoiding in my relationship to myself for years in in service of other people Mm -hmm. Um, and there's some quote that I'm trying to remember Mm -hmm. but it's something like and I'm I'm gonna botch it a little bit but it's something like if you you can tell the people who live for others by the haunted looks on the faces of the others Oh, okay. That's something to, that's a quote or an idea to it's, live with. Cause I am yeah. going, I have to take that in. Cause I'm like, Oh, I yeah. get it. But then I'm like, I don't get it. I think that there's. Yeah. It's. No, wait, okay. so say that again. You can tell the people who live for others by the haunted looks on the faces of the others. Oh my gosh. Same thing that your therapist said to you that it is unkind. Mm-hmm. It is unkind. Oh, you're so good. (laughs) Yeah. And so was that, was there a final break or was that the break of? You know, that was the, it's been difficult, you know, because this was now a few years ago and I, we met up, you know, months after the fact, the first time that we really kind of connected again. And, you know, we talked about it briefly, but I didn't feel a real sense of closure. I I felt like, you know, what I needed to be able to engage in that relationship again was sort of a, a deep dive. You know, I needed to express how I was feeling, clear up any misunderstandings, and and really like kind of see where where I stood, where we stood. And Um, I was met with an interpretation of what I had gone through that was reductive of the truth that I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so I had difficulty connecting on, on the level that I was at, which was so much deeper than you know, than the moments we, we shared in talking about the whole situation. And so, you know, we've been in touch on and off, you know, like Mm -hmm. we've, 
checked in, especially through COVID and, and the pandemic and everything. We've checked mm-hmm. in to make sure, you know, are you okay? We've both had huge, huge life changes mm-hmm. since then. I, I don't, I still don't know, you know, I still don't know totally where we are. I, mm-hmm. I know that it will be difficult for me to open myself up to that person again without a little more like open and transparent discussion about about how all of this impacted me and maybe her. Mm-hmm. You're you're saying a lot that I'm. <laughs> you're saying a lot here because I, I, I the thing I really um, respect and um, in admiration of is that you could you can you can still keep the connection and live in that uncertainty, mm-hmm. although you're certain. It sounds like. Please correct me if I'm. Mm-hmm misinterpreting this but it sounds like you're certain about how how you felt and what needs to happen if you do get in touch but you're able to give give love as much love as you possibly could as you can after all this and that it wasn't because part of me goes well if someone was reductive about my feelings i'd be like "Eh." i mean i think maybe i'd be like "Eh, out yeah and you were like no i'm not I'm not letting you go completely. We're still connected, but we're not, I'm accepting that we're not as close and I, yeah. and, I and we won't be as close unless I yeah. honor myself and you honor me. I love yeah. that. I love that. And then how did this breakup break you open? It really did. I mean, I think part of it is, you know, is in what you just said, you know, there were so many stages and I, I am grateful, like I said, for so much support in my life at the time, but I was really able to like feel my way through mm-hmm. each, each thing that I needed in order to heal from this. And sometimes that was writing her letters. And sometimes that was, you know, putting her in a little box and putting it away, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes that was allowing myself to be really pissed off about everything that had happened. And you know, I think the the big thing was realizing that there had been romantic feelings there and that I had been deeply in love with this person mm-hmm. without realizing it. And, you know, one thing that uh, the way that I've, I've learned to kind of talk about this is that when we repress our feelings, they come out sideways, like they come out uh, wrong. <laughs> isn't that true? Yes. And I feel like I had been keeping such a secret from myself about my own sexuality and my own, you know, interest uh, romantically that I, I, I couldn't see it for what it was. And so it came out weird, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, I wasn't in control of, of it. I wasn't aware of it. And, you know, it was months after the fact when I really kind of had the kind of the moment with myself of realizing and accepting that that's how I felt. And then I had to let myself be in love with her for a while. Mm. Mm. And I had to realize that the feeling of love can exist independently of a romantic connection. Say that and again. It, say that again to me. I have to, <laughs> I have to take that in. Say that again to me. That the feeling of love can exist independently of romantic connection or, mm-hmm. you know, something being reciprocated or a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I had to let myself be Mm -hmm. as in love with this person as I had not let myself be in the years before. 
And it wasn't until I did that, that I was able to let go. That process is so wildly courageous. I mm. just, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in love with the, the process. <laughs> and, and, um, and so would you say that you were able to feel this secret I'm going to say, or this thing that you you kept from yourself because you were allowing yourself to feel everything and that it came up. That's. Yeah. And that was what was next. And it was wild and painful. And, and it's also part of what led me to, okay, love doesn't belong in boxes and neither do I. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Sing it. I'm saying sing it. Yeah. This is great. So. Okay, so if you if you're willing to share because because if I was listening to this and I'm a person who doesn't like to feel, I might be like, well, I'm not going through that. I want to keep the things in the box. Yeah. yeah. How how does not living in a box change? How has it changed how you feel from day to day? How has it changed your world? Yeah, I mean, in terms of how it's changed my world and my life, you know, I I had been in a monogamous, uh, hetero presenting relationship for a long time and still am very happily, uh, not monogamous, but a relationship Mm -hmm. with a, with a cis man. And I began exploring polyamory because I also realized, okay, this, this feeling that I have, this like queer feeling is not benign. Like this has become something that needs to be actively integrated into my life. I met a a person that I have been with for uh, years at this point was the first person I loved after, after my friend. And, and that was its own really kind of beautiful beginning of, you know, I, I realizing that I was capable of feeling connected to people in a way that was not sideways in a way that was not hurtful. Mm-hmm. And that's been, I mean, that's broken me open in, mm-hmm. in many ways. Mm-hmm. But as far as not living in boxes, like, you know, I think I, I wake up in the morning and I try to be in touch with what I need. And I try to let that dictate how I'm going to move through the day. And it doesn't always work. You know, I have, <laughs> I have anxiety and depression and PTSD mm-hmm. and all these things. And so there are days mm-hmm. where, you know, I, it sucks. There are days that, that yeah. still are not um, I'm not as connected as I would like to be, but I think thinking about how long it takes me in the day to surrender to what I can't control and be okay with that. Sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it takes a couple hours before I really kind of feel connected to the world around me in a like through a lens of humility mm-hmm. um, and yeah. generosity and compassion and mm. yeah. Yeah, it's it's day by day. And I think that's the biggest change. I think a lot of people are like, why would I go through all that to live outside mm. the box? Why, why would I? Why should I go through that? I think it's the difference between pain and suffering. I think it's the difference between allowing yourself to be human. And with with being human comes the entire range of human emotion. Right. And when we suppress those feelings, they come out wrong. They they turn mm. into suffering. They turn into 
agony. They turn into, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things that, that are incorrect. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm in pain now, most of the time, this is, it's how I know, it's how I know where to go. It's how, like, it's how I kind of guide myself now. I can mm-hmm. tell the difference between I'm in pain and this is really hard and this is also not wrong mm-hmm. and feeling like I'm making myself suffer because I'm not aware of what's happening because I'm not allowing myself to drop in words and mm-hmm. explore where I'm at. Mm. Um, what I'm, what I'm yeah. hearing from you is like, you weren't, you weren't guiding your life. You weren't the, you weren't mm-hmm. the. No, trauma yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, now yeah. you're, now it's you who's, you're guiding your life. You are your compass. Yeah. Your, trauma is not your compass. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. That's, that's glorious to know. <laughs> Thank you. You've really broken through a lot of cultural expectations and mm-hmm. formulas that they that the culture has put on us at least the culture that I am from and yeah yeah and I think the you know the first the first box which was the most present at the time was you know this this duality or this um this binary of platonic and romantic mm-hmm. you know there are relationships that that have both that, you know, you can have Mm -hmm. multiple kinds of love for a person. And -hmm. that's something that I think polyamory makes a lot more room for is, you know, there's not an all or nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, there Mm -hmm. are many, many different kinds of connection. And so having to be in love with somebody without having a romantic relationship with them, or even thinking of them in a particularly romantic way, um, I think was the first, the first box. Mm, that's beautiful. I feel like you've received a type of medal of honor. Um, mm. And if you had an acceptance speech to give oh, this medal of honor, and, and that would include this friend, what, mm. what, no pressure, but what might you say? Oh, gosh, I mean, she's with me all the time. You know, I, I see the lessons that I learned both from her directly and indirectly in the life that I've built sort of on the foundation of that, that break, that rift. And the, the biggest lesson is that the best way to love other people is to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I come back to again and again. And I do, I feel her presence when I, when I live that way, I feel humility and her her passion and her sense of humor you know I mean they show up everywhere and and the fact that you know I think part of it is that there was such tenderness and care even when we weren't able to be what the other person needed even though I think in many ways we were actually what the other person needed but because that that care was consistent throughout i'm able to carry her with me and in a way that feels independent of my actual tangible like real life relationship with her you know i carry the lessons Mm -hmm.